You are now tuned in from the desk of low. Brought to you by from the Dat Feeling Podcast Network. If you have a dream, go get it. Okay. Welcome back from the desk of low. I have with me the return of my 50th guest. And he's also the very first guest that I ever made cover artwork for for an interview. So uh, it's only right I bring him back because I've been loving the hell out of his recent project. He's already been one of my favorite upcoming rappers. It's documented. Y'all go back and check out the Duff Big Hardy interview where I stated. Um, without further introductions, I got my guy Lucky7 here. What's up, bro? I was going to say, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, you know, we've been on the grind, man. You, uh, you're my 123rd uh, guest from my 50th oh. guest, so that's a, that's a long way to go, my G. That's what's up. Congrats, man. I see you working, bro. I see you working. Oh, I appreciate that. Like, I see you working, man. Man, I wanted to bring you back on because um, I, I broke down an album before, but when I listened to um, PTSD, I was like, you consider that some of your best work, and I consider that some of your most thoughtful work, too, because 53 Cree and... Um, Merry Christmas, Retro Gamer. I'm still baiting Merry Christmas, Retro Gamer, by the way. But this post-traumatic stress disorder is... I mean, so post-traumatic slave disorder yep. is one hell of a project. So, let's jump right, right into it, Luck. Um, what okay. made you want to put out an album like this? Because I'm, I'm not even going to call it a project. I'm going to call it an album. Right. Um, To be honest with you, bro, uh, I was... I stumbled across some clip of... um. What's her name? Dr. Joy DeGroy. She's she's the the psychologist who wrote the book Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. That's the name of a book she wrote. And uh, she was it was just like a clip, like maybe like a 60 second clip online. I had seen her talking about a certain issue. I, I forgot what she was even talking about. But from that clip, I did research about her. And I read her book and watched a lot of her clips. And it just like the the, the theory, what she, basically what she was trying to say, just like it just opened up my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I already knew a lot of what she was saying, but the way she said it, it made me just like, like I couldn't think about nothing else for like the next three weeks. So I just started making music along those lines. Oh, see, and it's all about how somebody words something just to make you um, dive into it a bit more. So you, let's say you kind of went on a rap hole when you kept thinking about it. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I, that, like, you know, I bought her book, listened to Mad and her videos, and just, like, how she was explaining post-traumatic slave syndrome and the effects of slavery and how, how we're still dealing with it in the ways we're still dealing with it, it just, it just, you know, it was just something that I loved, you know what I'm saying? So I just felt like, um, I, I couldn't think of nothing else. So I just made music about that. Like that's, that's the mood I was in. But that's how some of the most timeless music gets made. It just by stumbling across something and it just sticks with you throughout those three weeks. It's like, damn, this really got to me. Right. Um, she has a master in social work too, and a master's degree in senior psychology too. So she yeah. definitely knows what she's talking about. Definitely, yeah. Oh yeah, she 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 yeah. She's she's got her credentials, bro. She uh, she definitely knows what she's talking about. Um. So, what made you want to add disorder instead of syndrome at the end of the title, sir? And that's also the opening track too. Right, because um, the because I felt like disorder. Um, it just, it just, it, it's going to grab more people's attention by saying PTSD, you know what I'm saying? Because I, also it's known as post-traumatic slave disorder. She's also said that too, but the book is called S Syndrome, you know what I'm saying? But I felt disorder would, uh, make people identify more with just post-traumatic stress disorder, you know what I'm saying? They, they'll, they'll, it's just more, I identifiable you know what i'm saying to see that okay yeah and because like most people they would probably be like yo i love your album post-traumatic stress disorder but when they actually listen to it it's like it's slave disorder so it exactly. is a big there's a big exactly. difference behind it exactly exactly um you start off the uh, um album with a clip where's that clip from luck that's um farrakhan lewis farrakhan 
And basically, it's him talking about um, basically like the the name, your last name, you know what I'm saying? And how a lot of uh, descendants of Africans in America, we, my last name is Brown. That's not what, what my ancestor's last name was. Brown in, in some way or form was given to my great-grandmother or great-great-grandmother from her slave master, you know what I'm saying? So I felt that that was important to just off the jump let people know, like, this is where we're headed with this album. Like, we got, and basically he's saying, you know, we were never... Uh, in Africa, you know, names like Tutankhamun, like like King Tut, their names mean something, like of the sun, something, you know what I'm saying? And what Farrakhan is saying is that we've never had the opportunity to live and be named something that, that, that we should be named based off of our qualities, you know what I'm saying? Like we are named off of our slave masters. So I just wanted that to be the initial thought before you hop right into it. You know what I'm saying? That's a good way to start the album, too, with that speech, too, because that's what grabs listeners' attention, too. It's all about how you present the intro as well. Right. Um. So when you were playing around with that clip, too, did, was that, like, did you do research on that clip, or you always knew of that um, Farrakhan speech yeah. before? because that's not, that's not the only time he spoke about that. You know what I'm saying? That, so... It's, it's a, a it, I've been new about that, you know what I'm saying? I've been knew that that's what Farrakhan speaks a lot about, you know what I'm saying? His identity. So it was like, you know, that's, that's, that I, I've been new about, I've heard that a million times. And then it was only right for you to put it in this because it fits so perfectly with the with the theme of the album too, because if you listen to every track on it too, it all relates back to the title. Yes, every track. And that's the thing about it is that um, I I had more songs, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe like five more songs on it. And I just didn't think that the song, like whether it was like the beat, the sound of the beat or, or the hook, it just didn't tie to the project like I wanted it to. So I actually like put like five songs off of it and then that and the, the remaining songs were just like the meat, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just straight to the point direct. But sometimes some albums need to be like that in order for people to actually appreciate the art behind it though. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like how you said too that you pulled five tracks from the album too. Um as we get into Never Explain too, um did you have to play around with the track list and look or did you kinda just put the the tracks like on how you completed them like PTSD was first and never explained and then July 4th no I, I mean there's definitely uh what I do like I, I like to um have my beats like I make the beats and then put them in like album form based on uh BPM beats per minute oh. like, so, so I try to um start with you know what I'm saying something high energy and then keep those songs around the same bpm and then slow it down towards the end of the project so it, it becomes more like you know uh laid back so um that's how the the order of the songs came to be you know what i'm saying and never explain is kind of the most like energy in the song that's why it's the first one yeah because i was gonna say that track right there i've been that oh my god when i hear my morning coffee and i hear that i never explained too it's just <laughs> it definitely does have the most energy in that too when you were creating that song i was curious that if you had to cut any verses off or like put um verse three maybe verse one i was curious on the writing process behind that record sir What's crazy is uh, evidence was actually supposed to be on that song. Honestly. <laughs> oh wow! Gee, that would fire. Yeah, it, it, it right, but uh, no. Nah, so it was a verse, and then an open verse, and I had sent it to evidence, and um, you know, I was like, hop on it. You know what I'm saying? Basically, and because because uh, I, I was sending him some beats because he was working on an album or whatever. So I sent him some beats, and then I was just like, yo, you know, I got some music too. Um, check it out. So I sent him, I sent Flea some, I sent Skies, I sent a couple of different people songs to get, to get on, and that was the one that he was supposed to get on, but 
the, but I had the date for July 3rd, like, set. That was set, you know what I'm saying? And it started getting closer to mixing and mastering, and he was working on his album and stuff, so he wasn't able to get me that verse in time. So I just ended up throwing the second verse on it. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> did you have the second verse already um, already had? Or did no. You? Okay. No, I wrote, like, like literally I probably wrote, I finished that song or finished that verse, like, the day of final mixing. Oh, like, wow. I just, I, yeah, I just, like, wrote it. All right, see, and this is why I love when artists do interviews, because it always gives the listeners about, like, a what if. But mm-hmm. then again, I can't imagine evidence on that record, because I heard it from you first. You know when you hear a record a certain way for the first time? That's the way you always hear it. Oh, wow. And I like how you said evidence, too, because he's a very emotional-driven artist, too. Like, um, I, I'll keep it all the way a buck, people. I just got into evidence about four months ago, but when I heard Cats and Dog, I was like, wow, what the fuck was I missing? Yeah, no, that's, that's the man right there. He's, he's, a, he's a legend, literally. Like, he's, he's the man. Yeah, uh, well, when once people actually dig deep into evidence, because most people probably find him through a solo, um, I never knew he was a part of Delighted Peoples until I actually went back and listened to the platform. I'm like, this guy kind of sounds like evidence, and my manager's like, that is evidence. I was like, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was Jive D. I would say he was like D. He was Dilated Peoples, like, in my, in my <laughs> yeah. mind, like, Growing up, that's who I saw the most of dilated people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was more of like the forefront person. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So July 4th, a lot of people don't know the real meaning behind that day, too. Mm -hmm. Because they're not woke like that. I'll keep it all the way back. I was wondering if you can actually get into the real meaning of July 4th. I know the meaning behind it. Right. Um, Well, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's... July 4th is Independence Day here in America. Uh, it's a day to celebrate freedom. Um, and obviously, uh, especially when, you know, um, uh, uh, things were being celebrated, black folk were not free. It just is what it is. And um, black folk in America, we actually have a period up to celebrate our our Independence Day, which is Juneteenth, like, um, and um, that is more what Black folk I, are, are. I'm seeing more Black folk in America are identifying with that as our Independence Day every year. Like, more people are celebrating Juneteenth more because that literally is African Americans' Fourth of July, you know. And um, and uh, you know, in the in the song, it's named July Fourth because of. Uh, that like if you listen to the song I'm kind of you know just kind of there's one line where I'm like um, like it's July 4th and white people telling me to celebrate and you know what I'm saying and I, I celebrate by wearing black like I'm celebrating I don't give a fuck you know what I'm saying yeah. that's that's the line like and um, because you know it's like it's that line right there it's like it's like Kaepernick you know what I'm saying it's like he, he was kneeling because of how he felt about the American flag and p- police brutality and stuff like that. And he felt that, why why am I standing for this anthem when y'all don't even sing the second verse of the anthem when we're talking about uh, black folk, this, that, and the third? There's parts of the, the um, national anthem that, that um, people don't sing that are exclusive of black folk you know what i'm saying so that's what his argument was and they're telling kaepernick to stand they're telling him how to feel about something that he does not relate to you know what i'm saying so that's kind of like what that line i was trying to get at like white folk telling me to celebrate like like you telling me how to feel about america but you don't share the same experience i do so yeah, that's, and 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 that's a fact. Every Fourth of July, I really do wear all black. Like that, like <laughs> it's been like that for years. Like that's a, that's real. But I do it purposely. And, but see, though you 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 know where you come from and in the trials that everybody went through too. It's easy for somebody like to say this, like you got to celebrate it. But it's like you never went through what they went through, though. So that's what I that's what I don't get about racism too. I just look at racism as a bunch of idiots who just think they know everything. Right, 
you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, but, you know, like I said, like the more every year that goes by, I see more people understanding more. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like like, for instance, Columbus Day, like was something we used to celebrate. Now they're starting to call it Indigenous People's Day. And we're not we're not we're not, you know, uh, repping Christopher Columbus anymore because we know we really know what was going on. And we know that that, you know, why are we celebrating this again? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just like you just got to do uh, a little bit of research for everything, though, like a lot of things, like things that are just tradition and you just do them without knowing why. It's important to understand why you do them, because half the time, if you realize what you're doing or what you're standing for, you probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. That, well, do you think that's the beauty of the Internet now that people can actually look up stuff as opposed to back then? Yeah. And that's why things are changing the way that they change, because you can identify with more people that you never did before. If I'm, if I never had the internet and I'm growing up in my bubble where I live, that's all I know. And so everybody around me, if they don't share the same viewpoint as me, it, that's just all like, okay, nobody in the world does. But if I'm on the internet, the people around me don't share my viewpoint, but someone in California does, or someone in Australia does, the numbers grow. So you feel like you have a voice. That's why it's important. And that's the beauty of, like, actually putting your work out there for people to actually hear. It's like, this is just not for the club or anything like that. This is for something for you to actually think about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's, oh, yeah, definitely. That's, don't, don't, <laughs> do not get PTSD or listen to PTSD thinking that you about to dance or something. That's not what it is. I'll, no. be, I'll be very direct. <laughs> this is something for the people who appreciate art and the way it's presented. You have an IQ of 145, too. Um, um, so you were very smart in school. Um, did they ever teach you about the residential schools up here in Canada? Uh, no. I, no, I've never learned about them. What, what about them? Um, so basically, they took um, all the, indigi- on the indigenous kids away from their parents, and they put them in these schools where they were beaten, sexually assaulted, basically um, trying to civilize them into the white person standards. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, my dad was a part of that too, and when I actually did the research on that, it's kind of, it's like, that's why it's Columbus, man, it was like, wow, it was fucked back then, but this happened in the wow. 60s, and uh, I believe 50s and 60s this happened. Right, are, are you, I mean, is it similar to reservations? Yeah, um, well, it's a little bit, reservations are not that bad, because like, they're more organized, but these residential schools, like, they were straight up going to their um, reserves and taking their kids from their parents mm-hmm. and oh wow i've never yeah i've never heard of that I, I i definitely want to look into that i've never heard of that yeah you should actually uh check into um residential schools in saskatchewan and alberta of canada too it may put you on a rabbit hole oh yeah i might yeah i definitely might have to um i really like canada like i like a lot about canada especially being from buffalo you know what i'm saying like just growing up i was in canada a lot and that's one thing that I'll say about America is that we, just like as a society, we don't accept other places. So I've never had the the opportunity to really dig deep into like Canadian history. Like I, it's it's just something that I never thought about. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely do need to to just open up my, you know what I'm saying, like my mind and travel into some shit like that because. To be honest with you, I don't know too much Canadian history or things like that. Well, and that's very understandable, too, because it's like what you just said. America is not very, you know, willing to go out and accept other countries mm-hmm. out there, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think that's why Canada has, like, a, they understand hip-hop or, like, actually real music as opposed to the people living in the States. Because I always hear people in the States saying that, you go with the Canada, you go overseas, and they understand hip-hop way more than us. But people have to understand there's people in the States that love it just as much as the people overseas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're getting off topic for a bit, too. Um, as, as we get into um, the fourth track, to uh, Hanging by the News featuring D. Kin. I was wondering, um, that's the first feature that's actually on the project, too. What made you want to add D. 
Deke hinted at verse too, or any guest, I'd say. Uh, D-King is a rapper that I used to do a lot of songs with back in the day, you know what I'm saying, when I was younger, like 18, 19, 20. Um, he and I met at Howard in D.C. Um, he's just a, he's a, he's the old friend, you know what I'm saying, but a really good lyricist, one of the best lyricists, like pure, uh, wordplay guys that I've ever met, you know what I'm saying, and um, that production specifically is something that I know he fits on, so I reached out to him and, and got and got a 16 from him because I needed that. Um, from Deacon 2, you guys used to record at this place called the Mecca in Howard University? Yes. Okay, so that's the same person that you met from college, I mean, sorry, yeah. university. Yes, yes. Okay. See, I like how you keep the same energy around when you were had it back then in university, too, because it makes the music so much more organic, too. Like, you guys had um, a release, too, The Black College Experience? Yeah, that, well, yeah, that was an album that we put out, uh, The Black College Experience, um, when I was, like, maybe, like, a junior at Howard or something. It was my label, and we just kind of went around campus grabbing a lot of the best artists and stuff like that and we put together a compilation of the music on campus um dk he's got a he's got a like you you might need to do a little research on him he's got a pretty interesting background you know what i'm saying like he was signed at like 16 to carter faculty that's like a, a derivative of rockefeller so he used to run with those boys he got signed to Baby Grand and used to run with the dips, like the 730 dips. Um, uh, yeah, just, he's, 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 he's nice. <laughs> like, I was going nice. to say, yes. <laughs> like, nice. Like, you got to, yeah, do some research on him. He, he's got bars, for real. Say so shout out to 730, uh, uh, Sand City and Freaky Zeke, you're good guys over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when you guys were recording that, that track in general, Hanging by the Noose, too, did he, did you guys have talks about, like, the actual title itself? It's like, did he come to you? It's like, um, so this title, or you guys were all for it? Oh, yeah, nah, he, <coughs> he trusts the process. I had everything ready to go, and I just said, I need you to hop on this. He heard it, and he was like, oh, this is right up what we, what we gonna do. And then he just gave me the verse back, like, within a week, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, nah, and that's another thing, like, I, when making songs with people, a lot of people just kind of trust my, my, you know, process. I don't, I've never really given a song to somebody and they ask too many questions, like, uh, well, well what's this and what's, that's not usually how it goes. Okay, yeah, but that's good though, you don't let, and I like how you said too, how you come ready too, was that something you, um, learned very early on in your career, sir, or did you... I, I, you, what? What did you say? You said that you um, came prepared too. Is that something that you learned something very early on in your career, or is that something that you always were like you would just always have everything ready ever since a kid? Uh, I guess I, I learned that throughout the career because no, I, I'm I can't say that I always was ready. You know what I'm saying? But um, what I will say is that I'm when I know I want something or I'm I'm trying to get to a goal, I'm very hard on it you know what i'm saying so that probably looks like you know what i'm saying i'm ready and prepared but more so i'm probably just driven you know what i'm saying and that, and that's all it takes too, just being driven to mm -hmm. be able to do it mm -hmm. um so i won't say the fifth track's name so i'll keep it all the way bug i can't say that word okay um i'll let you say it big big black nigga all right featuring black ink um, with that being said, too, um, it's the second guest we actually hear on the project, too. What made you want to add Black Ink? Again, he was a, a rapper from how I met at Howard, but he's um, from North Carolina. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and he is just, he, he doing his own thing right now, independently right now, making a lot of noise, uh, doing making a lot of buzz. But he also is one of the nastiest spitters I know, like, ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just, 
and he's always been about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he he he's real. Like so, um, we never made music together, but I just I knew him. You know, ciphers and stuff like that from back in the day. That was the homie. So when I made this song, um, I noticed that he was grinding and doing his thing. So I reached out. I said, yo, man, I like what you do. I, I need a 16 for you. This is what the song is about. Do me the 16 in like two days. So that's, that's, that was that was also some 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 old school homie love. I was going to say that beat too. Because you, you produced every beat on this album, right? Yeah. I was going to say that beat right there. Wow. <laughs> when, the first time you heard that beat too, did you knew you were going to use it or you didn't know exactly? It was that, that song. The beat for that song is was actually a uh, El Camino and Billy Esco song. Oh wow! And, yeah, and it was it's a couple years old, and um, they had it. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like I, I didn't know what Chase was doing because I, he was like putting out some albums or something, and it just you know fell by the wayside. I never heard from that song again, and, and then I was supposed to. Like, he wanted the files from me, but one day I, I searched, and there just wasn't... It was just a long story with that beat, but um, it got around to, you know, the album coming around, and I just heard that beat, because, you know, nobody was using it at the time, so I was like, nah, this is this is the feel. Like, I, ne- I need it. It's, it's like an ominous beat. It's a, it's like a... Almost like a scary beat, and that's, and that's why I, I felt like it was perfect for that song. Did you think too, like making beats and like letting them sit for like two or three years, and then like when later on, as you're venturing out into your own artistic adventures, to you actually find it's like wow, it's like some unwritten prophecies. Like this was made for this one. Mm-hmm. I guess not. Not really. I don't really think that way. Like I just kind of, if the beat, you know what I'm saying. If I hear the beat at a time and it makes me feel like okay this is what it needs to be. This is what it sounds like. That's how I go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, it, I, I, and honestly, very rarely do I dig deep and find an old beat and rap over it. I usually, like, for the most part, the beats that have been on the last three projects, I make them pretty, you know, parallel to when the album comes out. Like, I probably make them and, and rap right over them, you know? Oh, wow. Because I can only imagine, like, some of your old beats, yeah, because when I was, um, when I was talking to Shay about Cocaine Cowboys, he's like, yeah, um, all those beats I made, I'm like, you made all those beats? I was like, damn, so like, there's something like in the Buffalo water, man, that makes you guys' production level on a whole nother level. Because <laughs> <laughs> the beats like that come from you guys, too, it's like, I'm still on um, that Merry Christmas Retro Gamer tent. Oh my god, man, that shit goes off. But that Zola lift for Anakin, though, like, I play that when I walk in the room. I like, turn on the lights out, put my little glow light on, get ready for the PS4. I play Zola for Anakin. It just, because that beat, man, I just, oh. I'm getting off topic. I just got to let you know, though. There's something in that buffalo water. The word. <laughs> um, so as we come into the sixth track, uh, Please Save Me, too. You actually have, um, this is probably my second most played song on this album, too. You actually have um, another intro like that, but it's actually a woman speaking. That, that that is Doctor Joy DeGruyne. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's also her on Big Black Nigga. That that <clears throat> she sang. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so you chose to have her presence throughout the album and just, as a nod towards her. I'm guessing. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And where did you find these clips too? I was curious about that. Luck. Those were the original <clears throat> clips that I watched of her. You know what oh. I'm saying? Like when I, those were the original ones. Like that made me buy her book. Like it was those ones. So I always had those. Like I saved the video and and chopped it up and saved my favorite parts of the video. Like it was that. Like that. Like when I say I was obsessed with her, <laughs> I was obsessed. Like it just like everything she was saying was just like speaking to my soul. But I like how you included the clips that you found into the actual project itself. So when people hear this, too, they actually like, I wonder who this woman is. Exactly. Yep, <laughs> and they can do their research. I like how you said you actually bought a book instead of just reading it online, too. Not, not that I much people actually it. buy books nowadays. Yep, I bought that, John. 
And um, for the people who are wondering what that book is, too, it's called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And I advise you all to go pick it up, too. I'm about to go check out my local bookstore after hearing this interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so when you were making that, too, like, did you have to play around saying, I'm going to put her at the beginning? Or did you, like, know, like, maybe I'll put it at the end? Nah, yeah, I knew it was going to be the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it just—it's like what—it's like the intro. It's just to grab people's attention too. But I also noticed how some um, artists—they put the little speech at the end of the of the song. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted it to start with that, so you kind of knew where it was going, like where the energy of the song was. You know, like she said, it's like she said what she say. Um, it's uh, a lot of contemporary black folk today struggling with who they see in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 is following off of what she's saying in Big Black Nigga, where where she's like, um, you know, Big Black Man, uh, the the greater the fear. You know what I'm saying? Like the the uh, and then it flows right into her saying, now what is that about? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are we x y and z and then and then the track is me feeling like uh very um what's the word like paranoid you know what i'm saying feeling very uh not safe feeling very like like my friends are doing shit dirty to me like it's just the state of like kind of like paranoia and stress you know trauma that's what that song is supposed to convey like you know what i'm saying like just just like I'm not wired right. How long did it take you to actually write that song in particular? Uh, that please save me like one. That, songs like that are the fastest to write. I wrote that song and like it's like you the pen just keeps going. Like it's just like you don't stop. Like it's like I remember writing that one. Like the lines just flew out. Like it was very easy to write songs like that. Okay. Wow. I never knew that was the songs like that take so fast to write too. Wow. Yeah. Those are the easiest songs to write because it's more like a, it's more like if you listen to that song, it's not like neck protectors or anything else. It's just, it's kind of like a train of thought. Like it's not, it's just me kind of like, like venting, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think people are doing this and I feel this way. And I, like, it's not really like, it's not really like formulated thoughts. It's just me kind of like rambling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's also therapeutic, would you say that too, with those kind of songs? Because mm-hmm. it's the easiest to write too, and I like how you said that the lines just kept flying out of that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's rare. That's very rare to put that much emotion into a song and have it fly out like that, because most people would be like, yo, that song took me like two weeks to write. Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> but everyone's different in their own certain way, that's what I love about this universe. Because if we were all the same, we'd be all like those clones from Clone Wars. <laughs> um, so as we get into um, neck protectors too, um, this is a collaboration that I didn't see coming because I knew that you collaborated with Fleet before and every time y'all collab, it's fire, but you threw in a little Sky Zoo verse in there too. I was like, oh shit, okay, that's right. He's stepping this one up. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sky Zoo, uh, <laughs> that's definitely the homie, man. Much love to Sky Zoo for that verse. Not only did he come through with it, but he murked it. Like, that joint, it was so on point. I love that verse. <laughs> and Flea Flea murked his voice at first. They were both on point. But, um, you know, that's, that's the love of, just the love of the crew. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sky Zoo is a mutual friend. He he knows the squad. You know what I'm saying. He rolls with Griselda, um, but uh, my homeboy C Black, and um, he is the the mutual friend. You know what I'm saying. That's my homie, and that's Sky Zoo's homie. And um, you know he reached out to me when Sky was working on a project. He was like, "Yo, Sky is looking for some beats, so you should give him some." And I was like, that's a bet. So he linked us and we, um, I was sending him stuff and we were just going back and forth. And then I had this beat with Flea on it already. And I, and I hit him up. I said, yo, I was like, 
I think I really think that you would be good on this song. You know what I'm saying? Like with Flea, yada yada yada. It didn't take nothing. Like the next thing he said was okay. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't ask for nothing. He was just like, send the beat, and I'm gonna get it, get it right back to you. And he did. So that's one of the the coolest homies in rap. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't he didn't ask for nothing. He just was like, I got you. So that's how I got that drink. That's because we recognize real. That's why. Mm-hmm. And plus, yeah, too, like those three, five, like three five lyricists on that beat too. Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and overall, I love that beat too. That beat is like honestly, like I like a lot of beats on the album, but that's like might be one of my favorite production. Just period, like it sounds very clean. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I love that beat. Yeah, that beat takes me back when I hear that. I was like, whoo, I see what he's doing with this one right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you had Flea already on it, too. Was this before that um, you started actually recording the album, sir? No, no. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. It was, I, 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 who was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be me, Flea, and someone else. I think I was, like, reaching out to Camino or something. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, but... Um, I, uh, w- when I started talking to Sky Zoo, I was just like, you know what? I was like, I, I, I need this. Like, I just heard his voice on it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I need this. So I turned my, my attention towards him and he accepted. And uh, I like how you said too, how you can hear certain artists on those type of beats too. Cause that's the type of, I feel when I hear that beat too, I'm like, wow, it definitely does mm-hmm. fit him right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when you were making all the beats too for this album too, the first time you heard the neck protectors too, did you know that was gonna be the first single? No, not at all. Okay. Because no, that that is the first single from forgot about it and maybe came back to it. Like... Okay. Yeah, what were you saying? Um, so this is the first single for the album. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neck Protectors is the first single, yes. Okay. And then for um, that cover art, too, that guy's face is uh, blacked out on the streaming sites, too. Is that intentionally, or is that just something for, like, uh, copyright purposes? Uh, yeah, because you can't <laughs> upload certain things. <laughs> so okay. that real quick, like, pixelated it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I thought it was my internet, so he said on my router, like, four times. I'm like, no, nah, that's got to be the cover. <laughs> yeah, that's little. That's little Zay from uh, a little Z from um, City of God. It's one of the best movies ever made. I was gonna say, I was like, that is from a movie. I just didn't know which one. Mm-hmm. Well, but when he was a kid, they called him Little Dice. But then he grew up. Um, would you say too that um, movies like that too would open people's eyes more? Uh, as far as what? As far as, like, the youth and, like, what what goes on as opposed to growing up white and growing up black. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like yes, movies like City of God are, it's like, when I first saw City of God, that's a, that's an eye-opener right there. Like, because it's, it's Brazil. I forgot where in Brazil. I want to say... I forgot. I'm not even going to lie, but I forgot okay. what city in Brazil it takes place. But it's supposed to be a very poor city, you know, where there's a lot of crime. And basically what they're stressing is that these these gangsters, you know what I'm saying, like are extremely young, like the young run the city. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking these kids are five, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine, you know what I'm saying? Like we're hammers killing each other and it's... And that's real. Like, that's what it is. And seeing movies like that just kind of make you realize what the world is really like, you know. Well, and and that and with that being said, too, like, it was in Brazil, and that came out in 2002, that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, wow. like, And it's, it's loosely based on real events for the people who don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 it's it's the organized crime in Brazil, too, but it's, like, if we were to see that kind of stuff in the States, too, like, I'm pretty sure it would be, because if there were five, six, seven-year-olds, like, killing each other in the States with guns, that would be a big deal. 
but in, but now we have actually grown. I hate to say this, but now we actually have grown men going into these schools and shooting kids. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, don't get it. Don't get it confused. Just because you don't see some shit on TV, don't mean it's not happening too. That's like, true. Like, don't, don't, don't be surprised if seven, eight, nine years old in America are out here with stress. Like, that's that's not even. Far-fetched. Oh, no, I didn't know, yeah. <laughs> well, I like what you said. I like how you said that, too. It's like, it's you, it may not be on TV or it may not be on film, but it, it may be happening. No, no, it's, it's more than maybe. I'm, I'm going to go with a strong it is happening. Okay. We just don't see it. I was going to say, because, like, a, a lot of people, they don't see, they see, like, the glamour side and stuff like that, but they don't see a lot of... The negative effects that come out from music too, and that's why that's what I love about artists who put out real pieces of art because, if anything, it embraces the youth to be more aware, more woke, as opposed to destroying yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. A lot of times, you know, um, you know, we grew up in an era where film and music was a lot bigger than before us. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think that it really shaped our generation. Like, we don't give the things we watched and the music we listened to enough credit for how we are today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until you and, actually, uh, like, look back and, like, do some soul searching. It's like, wow, this helped me through this. Yeah, yeah. We try to act like it was our parents that raised us in the schools. But really, it was music and TV and shows and movies we watched. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what raised us. So, um, a lot of our learned behaviors, a lot of the things we know are from movies, TV, and music, like, period. And that's, and, well, and I like how you said that, too, because now that I actually think about it, too, like, when people are mad, what's the first thing that they usually do is listen to music? That's, that's just my opinion, though. Okay, so I was curious too on some of the things that you grew up listening to. Uh, music I grew up listening to. Yeah, let's let's let, let's not say hip hop wise. Not hip hop wise. Yes. Uh, I liked reggae. Um, I liked a lot of um, yeah reggae. I grew up with that. Um, what else? I liked a lot of, uh, honestly, like, alternative music, too. Like, um, the, like, you know what I'm saying? I, you know whose album I loved growing up was Green Day, Dookie. Oh, oh really? Wow, I never would have expected that, that one. That, oh, my God, that shit right there was, like, a, that, that might have been, like, a, <laughs> like, musically changed my life, you don't even understand songs, like, When I Come Around, like, man, like, don't, just, like, I still listen to that album to this day, um, uh, Green Day Dookie, um, Smashing Pumpkins, oh, wow, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, that joint was, I had that in rotation, um, man, just like that, I don't know, what else, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was all over the place, yeah. I liked music. Yeah, I was gonna say Green Day, wow, I was gonna say off that Dookie album, I only heard one song from that, and that was Longview, I'll keep it all the way above. Longview is a, is a classic, you know what I'm saying, Longview is, a, is an absolute classic. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that album just to just because because I, I I very I value your opinion on music so I'm gonna go back and listen to that today. What I what I like about like oh my god like that music was just so crazy like <laughs> I don't know what it was and it wasn't even like everybody from that time was making music that I liked like that it was just Green Day like that's it like I it's not like I was a uh, alternative head yeah i just liked green day you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> yeah. like like i don't know why i think it was like what's his name billy joel's voice or something like that like but it was just they they killed it for me like i loved it <laughs> i was gonna say he was also the lead guitarist too that's the only thing i know of billy joel yep mm -hmm. okay so 
Oh, wow. So, and, and it's like, having an ear to music, too, can also make your sound as a producer so much better, too. Right. Definitely. I agree. I definitely agree. The melodies and stuff like what you look for, yes, definitely. Um, as we get into a uh, bigger picture, too... Um, there's no quotes at the beginning of this too, but you start off the album. Um, sorry, you start off the album saying they're trying to paint a bigger picture. Um, I can't hear you. Oh, I was gonna say, hang on, let me fix this. All right, what about now? Yeah, yeah, my bad. I was breaking up a little bit. What were you saying? Oh, okay. Sorry, I'll just uh, start this one again. Um, so as we get into a uh, bigger picture too, you start off saying. They're painting a picture because they're paying attention to. Do you think that the masses are actually paying attention to people, like, actually spreading the word about the truth? Like, because people I always hear about, they killed Nipsey because of that AIDS documentary. But Nipsey was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. So, with Bigger Picture, too, I was wondering, too, what do you, what do you hope to accomplish with that song in particular? Bigger picture, what do I hope to accomplish? Um, I would uh, say that um, there is a bigger picture. Like, like basically, the, the things that I'm saying in the song, make money, save your money, that's the blueprint. Be selfish until you're wealthy. That's my two cents. Buy land, hide your bands, fuck a new whip, supply grams, or learn a trade. Just produce shit, you know what I'm saying? Basically just telling people to get their life on track, you know what I'm saying? Go to school, have some kids, you know what I'm saying? Get married, you know what I'm saying? Like the right, do things the right way, you know what I'm saying? Like we've been taught, like I, like I was saying, through music and TV shows and movies for so long that we think it's cool to do certain things that just aren't cool for real, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not cool for real. <laughs> yeah. Because as you got older, too, you start wanting, like, a family and a car and a house and a decent job. Exactly. So don't let these motherfuckers tell you that that's not cool, but they doing it them damn self. Don't, like, growing up, I have a thing where I resent Jay-Z, okay? I love Jay. Let's, let's get that straight. But um, I love Jay-Z, but I resent Jay-Z, too, because out of all rappers that we were listening to growing up, he was the main one on some fuck these bitches. Like I'll never, I'll never get married. All of this shit, and he the first one to, to get go married. hard with his wife. You know what I'm saying? And look all happy in love. So it's like, don't listen to these guys. What they're telling you, you gotta, you gotta see how they're living for real. Especially someone successful like Jay Z. How does he really live? He don't feel like fuck these bitches. He obviously got himself a wife and some kids. And so don't be out here trying to be a player and all of this shit. That shit's not cool. Don't be out here trying. You know, it's just like, that's what, what I'm, I hope people take from that song when they hear it. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Like, even when I'm like, like, sell, sell grams or produce shit. It's just like, make some money. Like, do, do something with your life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that selling drugs is the best thing to do, but do something. Yeah, that's, well, that's, and plus, too, like, it's like, you can only do something the same for so long before you want it more in life, too. Right. Um, that actually should have been the Definitely. first, that should have been the first single, too, Bigger Picture, because that sample, I don't know if you want to give that sample away, though, but when I heard that sample, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it ain't nothing. I'm, I'm definitely about, I'm in the process of shooting videos for PTSD. That is going to get a video. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fire that. right there. Um, so. Is this um, is this your first project that, that I've listened to that you're going to be doing videos for? Yes. Because, yes, it is. Because. I did. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I did uh, a couple of videos for some projects that I put out like in 2000 and 
12 around men. And those are really like the only, oh, and I did some when I was at Howard too, like two or three videos. But I don't really do the videos, you know what I'm saying? That's something that I haven't really done. Uh, it's something that people always tell me I need to do. Like, oh, you need more visuals. We need to see you more. But it's just something I've never done, you know what I'm saying? I just don't do videos, but but I am, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I've, I've just finally got out of my shell and I'm just going to start making them, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's because I always have thoughts too grand for what I think I can do, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Would you say like a perfectionist would? Yeah, definitely. Like, the, the ideas that I have for songs I feel are too big for me and just some videographer to go out and shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. I like what You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's why I'm never satisfied with, with trying to make a video because it's like, this ain't enough. This ain't it. I don't want to just stand in front of a camera and rap. I want it to be big. Yeah, like you want the video to actually have meaning behind it as opposed to just rapping in front of the camera on the street. Yeah, exactly. And that right there, um, I guess that might be a, a little daunting to me when I think about the video. And that's why it never really happens, you know what I'm saying? Is because I'm thinking too much about it. Like, nah, it's got to be this way, it's got to be that way. So that's why they don't really be coming out. So this is the perfect project to actually have videos to start doing for it, too, because it's video, it's songs with meaning. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've actually thought of some um, treatments that could work, you know what I'm saying, that I think fit the songs, but they could work. So, um, yeah, we we, we we gonna be shooting something soon. You're gonna see something soon. Okay. Um, and then the last three tracks on the on the project too. Um, you actually chose to have guests. So on the track nine, uh, we ain't shit featuring Billy Esco. Um, is that somebody from that you knew from college, or just somebody new that you've been working with? Oh no, that's that's Esco. He's on Five Three Cree. I produced a lot of his stuff. He worked with Griselda. That's that's the homie. You know what I'm saying? He's from Buffalo. Okay. Um. I got, yeah, I got to yeah, tap yeah. into Billy Esco. Oh, definitely. He's, he's, he's one of the top rappers in Buffalo, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's one of the top performers in Buffalo, period. So, definitely, if you're on this Buffalo wave, get familiar with Billy Esco. Definitely. All right, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out Billy Esco because from what I hear from Buffalo, when I hear people like B.A. Bad or Elbiz or Lucky Seven or even like, man, Buffalo's got some crazy talent. Alright, I'm def I wrote that down already. <laughs> um, so what made you um actually want to include Esco in the project too? Is this something that you guys been wanted to do he's, since Fifty Three Cree? He's brilliant, and I love making music with him. Like I said, he's he's honestly the best um music maker in Buffalo. I like I probably say that like hands down. Like he's got everything. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got the look got the sound he's got the energy if you see him perform on stage he's a star you know what i'm saying and he's ready you know what i'm saying like so he i love working with him and he's he's brilliant he's smart as hell too you know what i'm saying so and you can hear that in what he's saying and and on um on we ain't shit you know what i'm saying like he's a he's a very learned individual very woke um did you guys ever go back and forth on records? I mean, sorry, um, on just in studio ciphers or not really? Yeah, it, 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 like there was a point where he was, we were in the studio together every day, all day. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that, there was like that's the homie. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever considered um, becoming a duo together? We uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're literally we we're, we're talking about something like that, but you know I'm not trying to say too much but okay yes like we're talking about some sort of thing like that yeah okay yeah i don't want you to give away nothing you're supposed to right right because yeah, because i can only imagine you guys going back and forth for some jada kiss and some styles piece then too that would be fire yeah no he's great um <laughs> And I've become into uh, She Saves featuring Luke Jones' tune. That's a very heartfelt track. Mm -hmm. What made you want to actually put that 
at the end. Right, right, right before the outro. Was that something like what you said in the beginning? Like you want to build them up and just kind of make them laid back near the end, and that was like the perfect way to kind of I would kind of end it. Yes, but but also you know what I'm saying. I it, the beginning of that beat is very hard too. You know what I'm saying. So as it starts slowing down, bong, it drops the hard part of the beat. Then when lyric comes in, it's slow. Um. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, and uh, and I put it, and I wanted it to be at the end because it's it's a um, it's like a meaning for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, basically, I'm saying like like in the song, I'm saying why does why does the woman act always have to come last? Why does the woman always have to come? Um, why do we think about her last in in society? And that's kind of why I wanted that at the end too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like almost like a like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's like, so you waited for the end for this? It's, it's kind of like a double meaning, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, sequencing. Yeah, and, and then let Lyric just get off, like get her, her thoughts off. And um, have you worked with Lyric in your past before too as well? Because I was going to say, she, she got fire vocals. Yeah, I, I collaborated. Uh, she sent me something that I, I, I hopped on before. And uh, this was the first thing that that she did for me. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So you guys are definitely gonna work together in the future more. Yeah, we say it again. You guys are definitely gonna work in the future a lot more. Yeah, definitely. That's the homie. She's that's like the homie. I'm gonna say too. That's like that that collaboration too. Cause I like when there's a female presence on the actual. Cause then again, you have. Um, the woman, uh, I forget her last name, it's Joy. I'm so, I'm sorry? Um, that's why I said there's a, I like when there's a woman present on a project like this. Like, you have their quotes from Joy, but you actually have Lyric giving vocals on the actual project as opposed to just sampling quotes. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> just... Um, did... For the people who are listening too, did you plan on having other female guests, or did you knew that like Lyric Jones was gonna be the only one? Um, I yeah, I like I, I knew she was gonna fit, so it was already a, a no brainer. I knew that I wanted to put her on it. Okay, and then um, this I had to read it twice just to make sure I was reading it right too. When I first listened to this, I was like outro, and then I read it again. I was like, no, this says out yo. <laughs> I like how you played it off too, like like that's the perfect way. But you actually put um DJ Big Jacks. Um, is he from Canada? Yeah, he's from Toronto. Okay, I was gonna say that name looks from I I seen that name somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the homie. He works with uh um Bozak Morris. You know Bozak, right? Oh yeah, so he appeared on the show. Good people. And then what 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 made you um actually want to put that for the last track out there? Is this just something just to finish off the album? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like I felt that that track was needed. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just kind of me piecing out and letting people little, uh, letting people know a little something about me. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 how I grew up. Okay. See, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you this like halfway during the begin, a uh, halfway during the interview, but I'm like, I'm, I gotta wait to the end. Um, that cover, that cover is um, with the American flag wrapped around your neck, and that's a very, very graphic cover for the people who actually tapped into this too, um, <laughs> cause like, it it's, it really does set the tone on what you're about to get into with this album too. Like, did you have to play around with that album cover? Like, did you have covers already made, or did that like it just kind of came to you one day? It's like, yo, that's it. Yeah, I feel like I was, I was talking with my photographer, the one that shot it. We were talking like a couple of days before, and we and I was talking to him about the album, and that just. I think it's just like, it, was, it just came to me and I told him, I was like, nah, what we need to do is I just need to be on the cover with the thing around my neck and yada, yada. He was like, yo, yep, we're doing it. So like, <laughs> it, it, just, like it just happened. Like, it just was 
that's how it should be presented, though. It's just something that it's so brutally honest, and it's just like this is what you're about to get into with this. Because, like, I'm with you on that. Because I'm indigenous, too, so I don't rock with Columbus or none of that shit. Oh, I'm good on that. Right. You can't rock with Columbus. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised if some of the people I do is like, dude, you guys don't know the history? Like, you guys need to do some research on some of this stuff. Right. Um, but with that being said, though, um, this is a fire project for the people listening to. I advise everybody to go to your streaming sites or go to Tough Com- Um, Actually, what's the vinyl coming out on, uh, Luck? I advise everyone to go to Loretta Records, you know, cop that. Um, and then if Toughcon still got some of that 53 Cree, you should cop that too, because yep. it's fire. Yep. You guys won't be disappointed if Lucky 7's work. Not at all. This is something I, I wanted to ask you last time, though. Um, what was the whole Bar, bar Wars things going on? Oh yeah, no rush. I love some of the like the play on that you did too. Like uh, <laughs> episode four is supposed to be called a new hope, but I love how you called it a new dope. Right, a new dope, and then the next one is Empire Strikes Rap, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and Empire Strikes then, Rap. And then there's Star Wars uh, Flow One, a, a Bar Wars story, which is like Rogue One. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I keep forgetting about Rogue One too. I have to think about that one. I'm like Rogue One. I was like, that's the one they did with for the spinoff ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I mean, don't so don't be surprised if some, <laughs> some, some new Star Wars, some new Bar Wars tapes pop up. You know what I'm saying? I was gonna ask you about that too, cause yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say you got about uh, they released four more new Star Wars since you last did uh, the Empire Strikes Rap. I'll tell you one thing, though, I love anyone who uh, puts Star Wars and rap together, so you best believe when <laughs> if you ever do one more, I'm, oh, shit, your boy's on the like white on the rice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, and I also want to thank you, Luck, before I end this, um, because I want to try something new with my returning guest, too. Um, I actually want to thank you. Um, all those months ago for you sending that 53 Cree album to my DM on Instagram because if you never sent that, um, <laughs> you never sent that DM saying check that out, I probably would have been just jumping on this wave that I seen you with Flea. So I'm glad I got on there earlier, 53 Cree. I wasn't there from the start, but I keep it a buck. Word. Um, word, word. That's what's up. Um, and, and, and if, there, if it's one thing, look, and look at that, and look at that, look at the relationship that has come from that. And what I will say to artists, um, independent artists that are trying to make it today, that's, that is all about grassroots right there. Do not make music 
not going to click on it. They have no reason to if they don't know who you are. So that's why why you have to get into people's space. You have to be, don't act like you're too big to hit somebody up on DM and let them know, yo, this is my music. This is what I do. If you have some time, check it out. Don't feel like you're too big to do that. Don't feel like you're too Hollywood to do that. Because you just never know who might actually click that link and like it. Tell you one thing, now once I heard that Zelda left for Anakin, I said, oh shit, that's no game right here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been a fan ever since, though. But with that being said, though, um, I want to thank you, Luck, for coming back on the show, for being the 123rd uh, episode ever. Is there anything that you'd like to plug in before I let you go? Um, all I gotta say is, for the rest of the year, be on the lookout. I've already booked Three different EPs with three different artists that I'm going to be producing. We're going to be putting them out. Just like how Ye did, that's how I'm doing. Oh, that's shit. Be, um, well, shit. I, I might as well. I'm going to do one with um, Billy Esco. I'm going to do one with Flea Lord. And I'm doing one with El Camino for the end of the year. So, oh, shit. I'm going to tune into all that. Yeah, so that's that's where we're going. About to get a luck a luck Mino project, Lucky Lord and Lucky Esco. That's it's all coming. You may even get a Mew Food Bar Wars out there too. Yeah, and you're definitely <laughs> gonna get a luck project before the end of the year. That's definitely coming. I said that'd be three projects this year from you. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that? Yeah, with that being said, though, there's an artist on the rise. I advise everybody to tap into post-traumatic slave disorder and then go on from there. But y'all tuned in from the desk low, featuring my guy Lucky7.